So we've talked about Shavuot. Uh, we understand that the law was given on Mount Sinai. We understand that in some 1,400 years later, um, the book of Acts, the Spirit of God came down on the Jewish disciples and a real outpouring of God's Spirit. And we also have to understand that without God's Spirit, really, uh, Scripture isn't going to be as meaningful as we need it to be. In order to apply it and to really understand God's Word, we need the power of God's Spirit within us. So I'd like to start out, and I realized, and, and where's Karen? Is Karen around? I don't see her. any rate, if somebody's in the kitchen and you'd like to bring out two loaves of challah, that would be nice. But if not, that'll be fine. Leviticus 23, 17, if we can look at that. Why don't you read it with me? You are to bring out of your house two loaves of bread for a wave offering made of two-tenths of an ephah of fine flour. They are to be baked with chametz as first fruits to Adonai. And you know the definition of chametz is leaven. And uh, then in verse 20, uh, also read with me, the Kohen is to wave them and with the bread of the first fruits as a wave offering before Adonai with two lambs, they shall be holy to Adonai for Kohen. Okay, so let me just say a few things about these two challahs or two breads actually that are um that are lifted up and waved ah here we go father we just wave these to you lord as a symbol of not only jew and those who are not jewish coming together one in messiah we ask, O oh Lord, that though we have sinned, you have sent Yeshua, and we thank you for Yeshua, our atonement. And we bless you and praise you and honor you by the wavering of these two breads. In the name of Yeshua, amen. So the, the, I believe these two breads are representing the Christians and the Messianic Jews coming together as one, as the one new man. And as we see Scripture talking about it, that this will happen in the end of days, I believe you and I are part of the response to God's Word. And notice that unlike Passover, where we had unleavened bread, meaning without sin, wasn't puffed up, unfortunately, these two breads are puffed up. <laughs> they are with sin. And so that's the importance of Yeshua who atones for our sin. But even as people who sin, we can come together and we can decide that Yeshua is more important than the things that divide us. And we see this in John 17. Very important, as, as Yeshua talks about the fact that, that he wants us to be one with him as we, as he is one with the Father. So, 
This is revival to me. When we can be in unity and look, everybody wants to see the gifts of God's Spirit displayed in a revival. Of course, everybody has a different idea of what that's going to look like. But that's the stuff that God can do. The question is, what do we do for personal revival? And I'm going to define revival for you so that you will remember it. It's being excited about God. That's it. Being excited about God. If you here today are excited about God, you are revived. Don't let anybody tell you you are not revived if you are excited about God. So, the thing that keeps us from being excited all the time about God is one word. Distractions. We, our words can distract us, our thoughts can distract us, the people around us can distract us, our world events can distract us, our finances can distract us, our health can distract us, our traditions can be distracting, our expectations can be distracting. Just our entire lives are filled with distractions. And one mention of the word revival and you, you immediately have a, a, a thought. If you close your eyes and I say revival, you're picturing something. And probably many of you are picturing something very different. And even that, picturing what you think revival should be, is a distraction. There are so many things that we say about revival, I want to keep it simple. I don't want you to be distracted. So I have some basic thoughts. Number one, revival means I believe that God exists and that he rewards me because I seek him. And he rewards you because you seek him. And that's Hebrews 11.6. Now, you say, of course, that's scripture. We all believe that. The question is, do you really believe it? Well, most of you believe that God exists. I get that. But how many of you actually believe that he is a rewarder if you diligently seek him? That has to go into your spirit because that's part of revival. You've got to believe. You've got to believe that he's not just existing, but that he has something to do with our lives today. And he rewards those who seek him. Secondly, I believe that Yeshua has come that I might have life and have it abundantly. And so I want to say that you can say those same words that you believe that Yeshua has come to give you life and to give it abundantly. It doesn't mean that you are, have riches necessarily. It might but, but there are other types of things that make your life abundant. There are people in your lives. There's love. There's warmth. There's all sorts of things that, that give it. And, and so this is part of revival, to understand that we are to walk in the abundant life. And if you don't believe that right now because your circumstance doesn't show it, that's a distraction from revival. 
you have got to overcome what you think is happening in your life by what God says is to happen, and you will see God do amazing things. Number three, I believe that God demonstrated his love for me. Now, even though I sin, and all of us are sinners, Messiah died for me, he died for you as an individual. Not just for the collective group, but for each one of us. And so it is critical for you to believe that. Because if you don't believe, it's kind of... Um, you know, there's a tradition, and oh, by the way, I gave you some ideas on Shavuot in your announcements. I, I did a page for you. But one of the traditions is that when you receive the law, it actually, it's, it's as, as I, who said it? I guess it was Yossi who said it. It's a gift from God, and it's, and so this is a gift that he gives, and our job is to do nothing but receive it. Now, with the Torah, you can see paper, you can see the writing, you can see it. But when we're talking about love, that is hard sometimes for people to see because their parents, their grandparents didn't happen to show love. And so now when we say that God loves you, you go, oh, sure. Do you know what I did yesterday? I'm sure he doesn't. Well, but that would go against God's word. And so we have to live by God's word because that's the nourishment. That's how we live. We live by God's word, and so we have to understand that he does love you, and he wants to have that relationship with you because that's what love is all about. So, if you can do those three things of believing, then automatically Deuteronomy 6.5 happens. You automatically love Adonai, with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. It's, it's just a natural reaction to the unbelievable love of God, the creator of the universe who loves you first, and so your reaction is to love back. Secondly, which is even harder than loving God, you are to love everyone as Yeshua loves you. Or as I've written, I love everyone as Yeshua loves me. You've got to personalize it. Because if you know that Yeshua loves you despite all the ways you behave and speak, despite all of that, then his requirement for that love, not in a legalistic way, but in a heart way, because you can't really love legalistically. You have to love with your heart. You have to love every person in this room. And going forward, every other person you meet, not every other, what well, men, <laughs> all of the others. I was just thinking, okay, love you, not you. You know, it's sort of like pulling the, what, what is it, out of the flower? She loves me, loves me not, loves me, loves me not. No, 
No, it's every, everybody you have to show love to. It is crazy hard. It is crazy, crazy hard because people irritate you. Well, no, you weren't supposed to say yes to that. I was just mentioning it. I don't want agreement. But that's why it's so hard, because they, they do things that we don't think they should do. And that just irritates us. And yet we have to show love to them regardless. This is, this is what revival is all about. Because how can we do exactly what Tyler finished up with talking about? It's not just individually, but it's a unifying thing that we come together and worship when there is something in our heart that is saying, I wish they wouldn't have shown up today. <laughs> we can't do that. We don't have that option. God is saying we have to love. Okay, so what happens? Uh, what does it look like we use the gifts of the Spirit? Oh, thank you. Uh, uh, that's great. Thank you. Ah. So we use God's gifts. We use love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Now, look, if one of these or all of these are things that you need to work on, okay, work on them. But that doesn't mean to just ignore them. So when things are going lousy, you need to have joy. And you say, well, how do we do that? And to some extent, I would say, I don't know. But I do know that it's, it's a command. So, the only way I know is to pray Scripture into my spirit so it pushes out all the garbage uh, that, that has entered in. Uh, you know, not on purpose, but it enters in. And then another thing that this, the, the result of, of this revival personally is that because I belong to Messiah, my passions and desires are crucified. That is really another very difficult thing. If you think being a believer is easy, you probably aren't walking the walk. Because it's hard enough to love everybody, but besides that, God is asking us to take our passions and our desires, our wants. I don't remember which of my daughters I used to say. I, don't know, I think it was Sarah. I said, your want to is too large. Was that you or Beck? Oh, no. See, they don't even remember. But I, I remember. I used to say that often to one of them. And, and because we have desires, we have wants, we have things that matter to us. And God is saying that those things we have to crucify. They can't be as important as what is important to God, which is loving him and loving our neighbor. 
So this is very difficult. It means that this is a 24-7 job. It means that revival is seen an outpouring of God's Spirit, which demonstrates our closeness to Him by us being able to do what He says. Again, is there more to being revived than what I've just mentioned in these couple minutes? Absolutely. You could probably write thousands of pages on revival. But we're not going to remember thousands of pages worth. I want you to remember these few things. Because to me, this is the foundation. And before you build a house, you've got to have a foundation. And you heard that we are carrying, the, the, really, the, 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 we are the temple of the Lord. And, and our temple needs a foundation. And our foundation is what allows us to have a strong personal relationship with God. So when we pray, it's out of love for Him. When we worship, it's out of love for Him. When we read and study Scripture, it's out of our love for Him. When revival is our intense desire to follow God, revival is our intense desire to obey God. Revival is our intense desire to be God's ambassador on earth. Revival is giving of ourself to God with our time, our willingness to obey, our prayer, our worship, our talents, our giving of our finances, all of that is our giving to God. And so we give to God by every morning saying, God, use me today. Use me today. We need to have a God consciousness at all times. So when you're eating, when you are playing, when you are watching TV, whatever you are doing, we are to have a God conscience at all times. A God, just thinking of God at all times. So I'd like to close with two scriptures. John 14, 6. You all know it. Yeshua said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. I think that's clear. We need to go through Yeshua to get to the Father. Amen. Romans 6.23, sin's payment is death. But God's gracious gift is eternal life in Messiah Yeshua our Lord. Once we get these two concepts in our heart and mind, we have a freedom which is amazing. It's why we accept Yeshua into our heart. It's the very reason. Because He's the way and because He's the gift. He's the gift of atonement. So if you're planning on having an abundant life, if you're planning on worrying less and not allowing the world to just come in on you, then you need Yeshua as your Messiah and Lord. And so if that is you here today, just say, I understand that it is only through you, Yeshua, that I can be revived. May this be my heartfelt prayer to you. I am sorry for my sins. I receive Yeshua into my heart. 
I dedicate my life to you. And Lord, revive me. And so I pray for those of you who have said it for the thousandth time or the first time in your life. I pray in the name of Yeshua, revive our people so that they will rejoice in you. Revive our people, O Lord, according to your word. Revive our people, Father, so that they will have a personal relationship through Yeshua. Father, I ask for a great revival. A revival, O Lord, that turns our hearts to you. And I pray that as we close our service with worship, that this worship won't be humdrum by rote. It won't be just something that we do because we like singing or we like listening to music. But the words will have such meaning. They will go deep into your heart and that they will just bless you and they will obviously bless God. Because that's what this is all about. Lifting up Yeshua, lifting up the name of the Lord, and allowing Him to work upon us in such ways that no doctor, no surgeon is able to do. So Lord, I pray, because You are the great Physician, that you turn our hearts to you, that this day, this evening, we dedicate this evening and all night to you, that what we do will just be manifesting your presence by your word, by prayer, by worship, and by giving ourselves to you. We bless you, we praise you, and honor you. In the name of Yeshua, amen.